Well, happy winter, Wild Wanderers. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I am a fan of winter. Biking, hiking, cross-country skiing, snowshoeing. I don't mind being out in the cold and the snow at all. But I know that many people would much rather spend the winter buried under a mountain of blankets and not come out until spring, which is kind of how some of the subjects of today's podcast get through the winter. And I'm talking, of course, about bears. We have three species of bear that live in North America, from smallest to largest, They're black bears, brown bears, also known as grizzly bears, and polar bears. And they're some of the largest predators on the continent. Now, teddy bears may be cuddly, but I don't recommend trying to get a hug from the real deal. That's a recipe for, well, getting unalived. But let's take a closer look at the North American members of the genus Ursus, the bears. I'm your host, Tim the Nature Nerd O'Hara, and this is the Dispatches from the Forest podcast. We're going to start with the smallest of our North American bears, Ursus americanus, the American black bear. Historically, black bears occupied most of North America, from northern Canada south down into Mexico, with the exception of some parts of the desert southwest. However, today, they're primarily limited to sparsely settled forested areas. That said, Dispatch's HQ is in a semi-rural part of Virginia, and there are black bears in a fairly well-populated area near a reservoir not far away. Unfortunately, parts of that area are also currently being logged and converted into housing, so the future of these bears is highly uncertain. Currently, black bears in North America range throughout most of the northeastern states and Appalachian Mountains, from Maine to northern Georgia, the northern Midwest, the Rocky Mountain region, the West Coast, and up through Canada and Alaska. There's some evidence that they're expanding their range. In recent years, there have been black bear sightings in southern Wisconsin, southeastern Minnesota, western Illinois, southeastern Iowa, and southern Indiana. Throughout their range, habitats preferred by black bears do share some characteristics. They prefer forested areas with rugged terrain, thick understory vegetation, and large quantities of edible material, especially nuts and berries. Now, the size of black bears varies with age, sex, and season. And they also follow Bergman's rule. Bears in the northwest tend to be larger than those in the southeast. Males can weigh between 125 and 550 pounds. Females between 90 and 375 pounds. Adult black bears range from 4 to 6.5 feet long and stand 2.5 to 3.5 feet tall at the shoulder. They have relatively large feet. The back foot can get up to 9.5 inches long. The front foot can be 7 inches long. And both front and rear feet have 3-inch long claws on them. Claws on the front and back feet are about the same length, but the front claws are usually more curved. Now, black bears are very dexterous. They're able to open screw-top jars and manipulate door latches, and they're incredibly strong. A 120-pound bear was once observed flipping over flat rocks weighing over 300 pounds using a single foreleg. I mean, do you even lift, bro? And not only that, but they don't skip the cardio either. They can run up to 30 miles an hour and are very strong swimmers, swimming both as a means to catch fish and sometimes, it seems, just for fun. 
And those long claws make them great climbers, too. They regularly climb trees to feed, and it's their preferred method for escaping threats. The fur of the black bear is soft, with dense underfur and long, coarse, thick guard hairs over the top. Despite their name, they're not always black. There's a great deal of color variation, including blonde, white, and various shades of brown, which understandably means that brown black bears are frequently mistaken for grizzly bears. Some of these colors vary by region. Black coats seem to predominate in moist areas like the eastern United States, upper Midwest, and the Pacific Northwest. Taken as a whole, 70% of black bears are, in fact, black, but in the Rocky Mountains, only about half are. In inland Washington state, about 80% of black bears are actually brown or blonde, and in Yosemite National Park in California, over 90% are. White and cream-colored black bears are common in southwestern British Columbia and its nearby coastal islands. While their eyesight and hearing is comparable to ours, their sense of smell is very, very acute, about seven times better than a dog's, which is already at least 10,000 times better than yours or mine. So a black bear's sense of smell, by a conservative estimate, is about 70,000 times more sensitive than a human's. They may be active at any time, but they mainly forage by night, especially when there are more people nearby. Where their territories overlap with grizzlies, they're often more active during the day, probably as a way of avoiding their larger, more aggressive cousins. Black bears tend to be territorial and solitary. They mark their territories by rubbing their bodies against trees and clawing at the bark, the bear equivalent of a no trespassing sign. Territories are generally large, up to a thousand square miles. But if food is abundant, the territory can be much smaller, and at abundant food resources, like, say, garbage dumps or where salmon are spawning, black bears may congregate together and form dominance hierarchies, with the largest, most powerful males claiming the most fruitful feeding spots. Black bears communicate with a variety of vocal and non-vocal sounds. Tongue clicking and grunting are the most common sounds and are made in cordial situations to other bears and to offspring. When feeling calm and comfortable, they produce a loud rumbling hum, almost like a cat's purr. When scared or nervous, bears may moan, huff, or blow air. Warning sounds include jaw clicking and lip popping. In aggressive interactions, black bears produce guttural calls that can sound like growling. Cubs will squeal, bawl, or scream when anxious and make a motor-like humming sound when comfortable or nursing. Now, speaking of cubs, female bears, called sows, usually produce their first litter between the ages of three and five years old. Litter sizes are typically two to three, but can be as many as six. Sows give birth in late January or early February. Newborn black bear cubs are about 8 inches long and weigh less than 1 pound at birth. They're born with a fine gray down-like hair, and their hindquarters are underdeveloped. They open their eyes between 28 and 40 days after birth and begin walking at around 5 weeks. Cubs are dependent on their mother's milk for almost 8 months and will grow rapidly, reaching 40 to 60 pounds by the time they're 6 months old. Now, I told you in last episode that reindeer have exceptionally nutritious milk that's 22% fat. Bear milk is around 25% fat, but good luck milking a bear. Reindeer are definitely safer to milk. The cubs become independent at 16 to 18 months, but will not be fully grown until they're about 5 years old. 
Average lifespan for a wild black bear is around 18 years. Black bears are omnivores, and about 85% of their diet is actually plant matter, especially fruits, berries, and nuts. When initially emerging from hibernation, which I'll talk about shortly, they seek out carrion from winter-killed animals. Young shoots and buds from trees and shrubs are also especially important to American black bears emerging from hibernation because these assist in rebuilding muscle and strengthening the skeleton, and they're often the only digestible foods available at that time. Black bears are not really active predators of other large animals, but like I mentioned last episode, they will prey on deer fawns in the spring if given the opportunity. Black bears might catch the scent of a hiding fawn when foraging for something else, then sniff it out and pounce on it. But this is a small window of opportunity for the bears and a small window of danger for the fawns. By the time the fawns are 10 days old, they can easily outmaneuver the bears and their scent will be ignored until the next year. In other parts of their range, reindeer, elk, and moose calves are also occasionally taken. Black bears on the Pacific coast will catch salmon when the salmon are swimming upstream to spawn. Now, I found this little tidbit really fascinating. Black-colored bears will fish at night because it seems that the fish can spot their dark fur more easily during the day and therefore avoid the bear. Lighter-colored bears have a 30% greater success rate catching salmon than their black-furred counterparts. How cool is that? The majority of the animals black bears prey on are much smaller. Insects, like bees, yellow jackets, ants, and their larvae. And just like Winnie the Pooh, black bears are very fond of honey. They'll gnaw through trees if hives are too deep for them to reach with their paw. And once the hive is breached, the bear scrapes the honeycombs together and eats them, ignoring the stings from the angry bees. In the autumn, black bears experience what's called hyperphagia, a fancy word for feeling hungry all the time, and eating becomes a full-time job to prepare for winter. Nuts like hazelnuts, acorns, and whitebark pine nuts can be consumed by the hundreds every day by a single black bear, and the availability of these nuts may even partially dictate the bear's distribution. Black bears can put on several hundred pounds leading up to hibernation. So let's talk about hibernation. Bears are very efficient hibernators, able to go months without eating, drinking, peeing, or pooping. Black bears hibernate in hollowed-out dens and tree cavities, under logs or rocks, in banks, caves, or culverts, and in shallow depressions. Although naturally made dens are sometimes used, most are dug out by the bear themselves. They enter their dens in October or November, although in the southern part of their range, usually only pregnant females and mothers with yearling cubs will enter hibernation. Hibernation is, after all, primarily a way to deal with winter food shortages. Depending on the regional climate, hibernation might last anywhere from three to eight months. During hibernation, the bear's heart rate drops from 40 to 50 beats a minute to eight beats a minute and their metabolic rate is reduced by about 75%. This reduction in heart rate and metabolism doesn't appear to decrease the bear's ability to heal any injuries during hibernation. Unlike other hibernators, like, say, groundhogs, a black bear's body temperature doesn't drop very much, only about 5 to 10 degrees, and they can remain somewhat alert and active. If the winter is mild, they may even wake up and forage for food. Pregnant females give birth in February and will nurture their cubs until the snow melts. 
A hibernating black bear doesn't have the same rate of muscle and bone atrophy relative to an animal that doesn't hibernate, like, say, a human would have from a long period of inactivity. Compared to a well-nourished but totally inactive human, a hibernating black bear loses about half as much muscular strength. The bear's bone mass doesn't change, which implies that the bear's conservation of bone mass during hibernation is a biological mechanism. During hibernation, black bears retain all their waste. No pooping, no peeing. Their bodies actually recycle proteins in their urine. And leptin, a hormone that suppresses appetite, is released into the bear's bloodstream. Their circadian rhythm stays intact as well. Hibernating bears can sense the change in the day based on the ambient temperature and the sun's position in the sky. The bear can actually keep track of the changing days and comes out of hibernation at the appropriate time of year to conserve as much energy as possible. Although an adult black bear is certainly capable of killing a human being, they usually avoid confronting people. There are more black bear attacks per year than there are grizzly bear or polar bear attacks, but that's just because there's more black bears. When encountered, they prefer to flee or climb a tree but they're also known to make mock charges, emitting a blowing noise and swatting the ground with their forepaws. Compared to grizzly bears, aggressive encounters with black bears rarely lead to serious injury. Most black bear attacks are motivated by hunger rather than territoriality, so victims have a better chance of surviving if they fight back. And unlike female grizzlies, black bear sows are less protective of their cubs and will only rarely attack people who come too near their young. Moving up in size, we have the brown bear, also known as the grizzly bear. Grizzlies can measure between 6.5 and, and 8 feet long. Females average 300 to 400 pounds, males 400 to 800 pounds. Grizzlies in coastal areas are, on average, larger than those living inland, thanks to a richer diet. A grizzly's rear paws can measure up to 11 inches long, Front paws measure about 5 inches wide by 7 inches long, with claws that are up to 4 inches. In places where their ranges overlap, grizzlies are distinguished from brown-colored black bears primarily by the muscular hump on their shoulders. Historically, grizzly bears ranged from Alaska down to Mexico and as far east as the Missouri River, eastern Nebraska and Oklahoma. Now, you would find grizzlies in Alaska, throughout much of western Canada, and into portions of the northwestern United States, including Washington, Idaho, Montana, and Wyoming, extending as far south as Yellowstone National Park and Grand Teton National Park. Like black bears, grizzlies are normally solitary, but in coastal areas they will gather around streams, lakes, rivers, and ponds during the salmon spawn to take advantage of the abundant resource. Also like black bears, grizzlies are omnivores. Their diet consists of both plant and animals, although they're more likely to dig for roots and tubers than black bears are. Grizzlies have been known to prey on large mammals when available, like moose, elk, caribou, deer, bighorn sheep, bison, and even their black bear cousins. But again, they're more likely to take calves or injured individuals rather than healthy adults. They also readily scavenge on carrion. And despite their size, grizzlies also depend heavily on berries and insects. One study found that in certain areas, grizzly bears may obtain nearly half of their annual caloric needs by eating miller moths, up to 40,000 a day when these insects congregate on mountain slopes in the summertime. 
One of the challenges faced by grizzly bears is that they have one of the lowest reproductive rates of all terrestrial mammals in North America, and this is due to a number of factors. First, male grizzly bears have very large territories, up to 1,500 square miles, which can make finding a female difficult in areas with low population densities, a bit like the proverbial needle in a haystack. Second, they don't reach sexual maturity until they're at least five years old, so they have to survive long enough to reproduce. And third, once mated with a male in the summertime, the female delays embryo implantation until hibernation, which means that in the meantime, she risks a miscarriage if she doesn't get proper nutrition and calorie intake. On average, females give birth to two cubs in a litter and will care for them for up to two years, during which time she doesn't mate again. And after the young leave, or if they die, and a large percentage of cubs die in their first year, females may not mate again or have another litter for another three years or more, depending on environmental conditions. If a grizzly cub can survive the first year, the average lifespan is between 22 and 26 years. Hibernation in grizzly bears is pretty much the same as it is in black bears, although grizzlies prefer north-facing slopes at higher elevations. Grizzlies are known to wait for a substantial snowstorm before they enter their den, which helps keep the den hidden from anything that could be a hazard to the cubs. Grizzlies generally hibernate for five to seven months, but coastal grizzlies, where the weather is mild and there's better access to food year-round, may skip hibernation altogether. Now, compared to black bears, grizzlies are considered more aggressive when defending themselves and their cubs. And now that you know how hard it is for them to reproduce, can you really blame them? Most attacks occur when the bear is surprised at close range. Unlike the smaller black bear, adult grizzlies, while capable of climbing trees, don't necessarily do it well. So they respond to danger by standing their ground and warding off the threat. Mother grizzlies defending cubs are the most prone to attacking and are responsible for about 70% of humans killed by grizzly bears. People often reference their mama bear instinct when they jump to the defense of their children, and this, obviously, is where that idea comes from. Now, that said, children need to take note. There have been cases where mama grizzly is ready to mate again and her fully grown cubs refuse to leave, which results in the mother bear attacking and even killing her own offspring. Just saying, it's a cautionary tale for any adult still living in their parents' basement. Update that resume and check your credit score. It's a good New Year's resolution. Now, finally, we have the largest bear, not just in North America, but in the world, the polar bear. An adult male polar bear stands about four to five feet tall at the shoulder but can be 8 to 10 feet long and weigh between 800 and 1,500 pounds. Females are 6 to 8 feet long and weigh about half as much. Polar bears have large feet, up to a foot in width, which acts like a snowshoe, distributing their weight when walking on snow. And the pads of the foot are covered in small bumps, which provide traction on ice. Compared to the grizzly, the claws of a polar bear are shorter and more scooped, which, again, makes them better for gripping on or digging through ice and snow. Polar bears are superbly insulated. 
They have up to four inches of body fat, and their fur, like the reindeers I talked about last episode, is composed of a layer of dense underfur and an outer layer of guard hairs, which, fun fact, may look white to tan, but they're actually transparent, although they tend to yellow with age. Also like reindeer, this layer of fat, combined with the hollow guard hairs, provides buoyancy, making polar bears excellent swimmers. They can swim six miles an hour for literally days at a time. When sprinting on land, they can get up to 25 miles an hour. Unlike black and grizzly bears, polar bears are not territorial. They're generally solitary, but they've been documented playing together for hours at a time and even sleeping together. One polar bear zoologist described adult male polar bears as having, quote, well-developed friendships, unquote. In addition to various sounds like those made by other bears, polar bears communicate using scent left in their tracks, allowing them to keep track of each other in the vast Arctic wilderness. Polar bears are the most carnivorous member of the bear family. More than 70% of their diet is meat, which makes sense. Not a lot of plants in the Arctic, but they do eat plant matter when it's available. Their diet consists primarily of seals, and with their incredibly acute sense of smell, they can detect a seal under three feet of snow from a mile away. Their primary hunting method is known as still hunting. After using their excellent sense of smell to locate a seal breathing hole in the ice, the bear will crouch nearby in silence, waiting for a seal to appear. The bear might have to wait several hours, but when the seal comes to the hole to breathe, the bear reaches into the hole with a forepaw and drags the seal out onto the ice. The bear then crushes the seal's skull with its powerful jaws. Mature bears tend to only eat the calorie-rich skin and blubber of the seal. Their metabolism is actually specialized to require large amounts of fat from marine mammals. While they're opportunistic and will eat anything they can, they can't get enough calories solely from terrestrial animals. Polar bears don't hibernate like black bears and grizzly bears. Male polar bears are active year-round. Mating takes place in April or May, and like the female grizzly bear, the embryo won't implant until August or September. In the interim, the pregnant female can gain over 400 pounds, nearly doubling her body weight. In the fall, the pregnant female digs a maternity den, usually on land a few miles from the coast, consisting of a narrow entrance tunnel and one to three chambers. Most polar bear dens are in snowdrifts, but they may also be dug underground in permafrost if there's no snow yet. In the den, she enters a dormant state similar to hibernation, but not as deep, kind of a hibernation light. The polar bear's body temperature doesn't decrease, but her heart rate will slow to about half its normal rate, from around 50 beats a minute to about 25. Cubs, usually two, are born sometime between November and February, and weigh less than two pounds. They will remain closed in the den until mid-February to mid-March. When the mother bear breaks open the den entrance at this time, the cubs will weigh 20 to 30 pounds. They'll remain near the den for another couple of weeks before embarking on the long walk to the sea ice where mama bear can hunt seals again. The cubs will learn to hunt by imitating their mother's methods. It's interesting to note that female polar bears have been known to adopt orphaned cubs. Cubs are weaned by the time they're two and a half years old, at which time the mother chases them away or simply abandons them. 
Sibling cubs sometimes travel together and share food for a couple of weeks, even months after their mother leaves. Now, polar bears rarely attack people unless they're severely provoked, preferring, like other bears, to avoid humans if possible. But due to a lack of prior human interaction, hungry polar bears are extremely unpredictable, fearless towards people, and have been known to kill and, yes, sometimes eat humans. While attacks by grizzly bears often happen when someone surprises the bear, this isn't the case with polar bears. Polar bears are stealth hunters, and the victim is usually the one getting surprised, unaware of the bear until it's too late. And where grizzly bears may maul a person and then leave, polar bear attacks are more likely to be predatory and are almost always fatal. Now, fortunately, due to the very small human population around the Arctic, polar bear attacks are extremely rare. But I want to wrap this up on a happy note. So I'm going to leave you with a quote from one of my favorite bears, Winnie the Pooh. Quote, any day spent with you is my favorite day. So today is my new favorite day, unquote. Thank you, listener, for spending some of your time this past year listening to me. Make sure to click the like and subscribe buttons. Maybe also consider becoming a patron to support the work I'm doing. You can do that by going to patreon.com forward slash dispatches from the forest. One-time donations can also be made through PayPal at the same name where you can email me if you should be so inclined. Dispatchesfromtheforest at gmail.com. I'm your host, Tim the Nature Nerd O'Hara, wishing you a very happy new year and reminding you to go outside and get dirty. The Dispatches from the Forest podcast is a production of Dispatches from the Forest and may not be used or rebroadcast whole or in part without express written permission.